0: The Drum Candy Podcast is brought to you by Drum Factory Direct.
1: What's up everyone? Welcome into episode 54 of the Drum Candy Podcast. This is your host, Mike Dawson, coming to you from Drum Factory Direct in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This week I am sitting down with Dave Throckmorton and Tom Went again to do our second installment of 10 Reasons to Love. And this time we are focusing on the great Art Blakey. Art Blakey was born here in Pittsburgh, so we thought it'd be important to start with him early on in the series. Um, and we all kind of came to the same conclusion that I don't think Art Blakey made a bad record. So this was an interesting conversation for us to try to pick 10 tracks that we think represent Art the best. Um, again, I think we all agree you can just pick anything, and it's going to sound great. So let's get into it. Ten reasons to love the great Art Blakey. All right, fellas. Let's talk about Art Blakey. Now, um, last time we talked about Roy Haynes, and I thought it was interesting that we had a hard time picking our selections based on just the breadth of his and the, just the range of his career. But with Blakey, I had a hard time picking tracks because I feel like you could just drop a needle on any record he's ever done and that'd be my pick. Just the consistency. So, for me, it was interesting to go, like, what would what, what I pick as my top three Blakey tracks? I don't think I even got it. So um, it, w- it was t- it was definitely tough to pick. It really was. Interesting. And we also limited it, not knowing it, to a 10-year span. Oh, did we really? Yeah.
2: Wow. 55
1: that... to 65. Oh, that's interesting. See, I, I, that was makes good sense. To, I
0: was good to choose a couple later things, but I, I had such a hard time that it was just...
1: So, <laughs> what do you think, like, the prime year... For Blakey is in your mind.
2: Yeah, that's Tom's department. <laughs> oh
0: man, that's a that's a very difficult question. I, I off the top of my head, I would probably say, I would probably say maybe nineteen sixty-two somewhere in there. Okay. Although it's 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 very hard to you know to even say. Well,
1: since you said sixty-two, let's start there. It was your pick. Okay, thermo.
0: Oh, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I almost chose something off this record. <laughs> Did you <laughs> almost?
2: <laughs> it's and, and for me, it's hard to say. Like any of this stuff is like, oh, it's my favorite, or, or it's the. It's best. Impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just like wow. It's so. It's what great.
1: made you pick this track?
2: Um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a great tune. It's I mean. yeah. I mean, that's part of it. It's just like the, I just picked from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the way he pl- pl- plays the. the the tune man the way he um
0: that's actually one of the things that that i've tried to focus on because he was such a master orchestrator the way he would play tunes was just yeah we can talk about that more as as we go but that's that's one of the things i thought about
2: the same points will keep coming up i think with me And, and it wasn't all that different than with roy i mean they play they play super different but with art i feel like I feel like this is like this sounds so silly, and I'm not an authority on anything. But it's like people need to study this stuff, and and I need to study it more. I'm always reminded when I listen to it. It's like he does it just so right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the band feels so good, and how he embellishes the melodies and plays the melody without overplaying it. Like he plays just what's right. You mm-hmm. know little little things he adds with the snare drum it's like it's perfect man you know and oh. it's so swinging the cymbals always sound so when i started going through stuff trying to find what i wanted to pick it was like oh this feels great next track oh this feels oh, yeah. amazing I couldn't next do track it. this feels incredible it's, it's like hard all hard the job. same you know so, so this just kind of jumped out and I, and again it's hard to pick short yeah clips so i was like oh let's just get this this is nice
1: all right well, let's do thermo this is off the 1962 record caravan by the jazz messengers Thank you. That's how you do that. That's the truth. Now, <laughs> as I was going through our picks, I noticed his his beat got wider in the '60s. Have you guys noticed that? Like this one, it feels like it's just wider than some of the earlier stuff, uh, or maybe I, not.
0: I, maybe I don't know. I've never really noticed a big difference in that, but hey, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have a stance on that. You know,
1: but you know, it's him right away from that first note. I mean, yeah.
2: Know.
1: Yep. R. Yep. Yeah. or Blakey. Yeah,
2: and the way like if he lays into the ride and crashes the ride, symbol, it's like it's it. It always feels lower pitched than everybody else. It's like, yeah. like whoa, listen to that. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know? yeah. He, yeah, he has, and under control. You oh, know? absolutely. Yeah, I mean the dynamics, just the way he comes down at the at the very beginning of the bridge. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just you know it it makes the tune speak. I mean the the one that I chose for this exact reason. He was such a master at orchestration. He knew how to make a tune speak, how to bring it to life, and he could do that after hearing it one time. Mm. I mean, there's so many stories about him listening to a new tune, hearing it once, and then just doing that, you know. He
1: was a piano player, right? Originally, Originally. yeah. All self-taught, yeah. This is my favorite band, I think. It's one of the
0: great lineups, for sure. What's the front line? Freddie. Freddie, Curtis Fuller, Wayne Shorter, Cedar Walton, Reggie Workman. Yep. In art. All right. When was Art born? Do you know? I believe he was born in 1919, I believe. So he would have been
1: 43. That's how old I am. My age. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys are young. <laughs> well, let's take it back in time. Let's go to 1955. You picked two for 1955, Tom. So which I one? I did? Do you yep.
2: Can I get more of the music? Yep. Two?
1: Which one are we go to do first? Well, you got the Miles one or the Horse Silver Trio. Which one do you want to do?
0: The, the, that that one's from fifty three. Those yep. are both from fifty three. Well, I got it wrong in my labeling. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> Which one? I tell you what. Why don't we do? Uh, why don't we do? Um, uh, Message from Kenya. Okay. That's the first one. This is from I believe uh, November of uh, November twenty third, nineteen fifty three, I think. And this this originally came out. I'm almost positive as a Blue Note 45, but they reissued it on uh, the early Horace Silver, uh, all the trio stuff, the 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 Horace Silver with the with like the orange cover. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, of. yeah, that's that's how most most folks know it today. And the thing that's interesting about this track is Art, one of the many facets of his of his. Musical self was that he loved playing with other drummers Mm. in the late 40s. He actually went to Africa I believe in 47 or 48 and I've heard conflicting reports about how long he was actually there But he was there for a while and he was very interested in sort of, you know Checking out his African roots in the music and he loved drummers and he liked playing with other drummers And this is sort of the first recording of just him playing with another drummer. He would go on to make a a lot of drum ensemble records that were really important. Drum Suite, Orgy and Rhythm, Volumes 1 and 2, Holiday for Skins, Volume 1 and 2, The African Beat. These are all drum ensemble records. And it's something he was really into doing. And this is sort of the first, his sort of first foray into doing that. And the thing that I like about this track is that He's playing here with uh, Sabu Martinez, the great um, hand drummer, and if I'm not mistaken, at the beginning of the clip, you you can hear Sabu chanting a little bit. But as far as art goes, what I like about this is you can hear the very beginning of some of his signature phrases Mm -hmm. that he would play in so many solos. You know, he, he, he was one of those drummers that he played so many different sort of signature licks, but... It didn't matter how, I mean, for me, it never mattered how much he played them because they always sounded great. And he always had a really beautifully musical way of uh, incorporating them into his solos. And it, it, of course, being a little bit different each time. And this record is sort of the very beginning of of that. So that's that's why I chose him.
1: When was his first date? Do you know? What's that? When was his first record date? Do you know?
0: Uh, his first record date was with uh, Billy Eckstein's Big Band in 1944 or 45. He played with Fletcher Henderson before that, but there aren't any records of that band. Okay. He also played with Mary Lou Williams small band, but there are no records of that.
1: So he had been at it for a minute by the time this Yeah, he'd
0: been he'd been recording for almost 10 years at this point.
1: Okay. Let's check it out.
0: Yep. It's all there. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's funny it, it, that 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 sort of that sort of soloing. It, it's it's not fully developed, but you can hear the beginning of all of those diga 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 do diga diga. You know what I mean? All those all those different phrases that, that that would become sort of a hallmark of his style. This is sort of like the you know the the beginning, at least on record. You know the beginning. Do you know. ever find yourself playing some of this stuff and like? No, oh, that's obviously an art thing. No, no, I, I don't because I just I. I, I'm never going to do any of it just, <laughs> justice at all. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. That ding 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 ding. It's it's almost corny, but it's not. You know, <laughs> the way he plays the it, it's not. It, which was one of my picks. Was like he just made something that anyone else would be like exactly corny.
0: Yeah. The other thing that that, that I think is important to say about about this in this his way of playing this is it's a real fusion of certain things that he heard in Africa with. American jazz music and drumming. It's sort of his synthesis of the two. Yeah. You know, he had a, like on some of the, uh, I almost picked, you know, one of the early monk things, like, you know, the, the original, uh, where he's playing sort of a Latin groove that swings, you know, he's playing kind of a Cascada pattern, but it swings. It's sort of like this Mm. very cool in between hybrid groove you know and he was that's that's a hallmark of his style a lot of what he would do is sort of his interpretation of different things that he heard from the african
2: diaspora you Mm. know
1: what about you do you pull anything from art that you can identify
2: yeah i mean i mean some of the obvious stuff like the press roll stuff i mean i don't play it how he plays it i mean you play it Boatload of those too. Oh, I in, do it in your own that. way. I mean, like, yeah.
0: It's,
2: but it's, I mean, you can't not be influenced by that, sure. Mm-hmm. Or just like little simple stuff that other people do as well. But you hear him do so much, just like triplet buildups into something. Like if you're playing or just playing shuffles, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, big yeah,
0: time. yeah, like absolutely. you know, like that.
2: He always hit me hard with that. And um, even going back, trying to go through stuff to pick things for this, it's like I, it made me realize more than maybe I already did. Like. The cymbal beat always just feels so good, mm-hmm. you know. Even later stuff, like like stuff in the '80s, and like it's like wow, yeah, that
0: that never went away. And,
2: yeah, and even like from playing like the like the cymbals you hear a lot on early, like you know, in the classic like blue note kind of era stuff, especially like when Lee and Freddie were in a band. But like that ride cymbal, is so meaty and low. And then later, sometimes you can play a real pingy cymbal, mm-hmm. and it's it doesn't. Or well, some people that would bother me, it'd be like I don't like that symbol. Yep, or I'm yeah. like, man, that sounds great. If he yeah. plays that, you know. So
0: yeah, absolutely.
2: Like there's that video of him from the '80s when he went to like England and played with the English musician. Yeah, oh, I, I love just that. watched
1: that the other night. Yeah, I used I, to, I wore that out. Yeah, yeah, I used to watch
2: that at Josh Dunlevy's house. He had a VHS of it, and and I. Watched it on a walk the other day. I was like, well, I, I found that I, I was like, oh, I, I need to watch this again. And just hearing him play on that, I was like, man, listen to that. Like the symbol sounds totally different, but it's and he has his kits really big, oh, three huge, rack yeah. jobs yeah. and yeah. like five symbols. It's like, man, it just sounds like Art Blakey still. Yeah. I mean,
0: which of course it does. But his personality was so strong. It's you know he yeah. could play anything and it would sound like Art. And I
2: could, it, you know, related but unrelated. Like hearing that stuff again from the '80s, I could really hear like. I could just hear how Ralph Peterson was just so enamored with him, mm-hmm. which is he's always talked about and honored him. But I was like, wow, man, like he, I can hear it all. It's all coming from this, you mm-hmm. know? So.
1: Yeah. That's powerful. Word. I mean,
2: in his own way, you know? Sure, you know? of course.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm going to pick, um, this is one example for me that I thought like, in the hands of anyone else, you'd be like, man, he's playing some corny stuff. But <laughs> but also, his ability to just be expressive on a floor tom to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, the drum Thunder Suite from Monin. Oh, yeah. 1959, did I get the year right? 58. Goodness gracious. October of 58. That's the session or the release? That's the session. Okay. I might be right then. They recorded it in October. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. We got the internet here. Us, <laughs> yeah.
1: So this was important for me as a young drummer because I... I'd heard sing, sing, sing and like that thing. I was like, oh, all right. That, that this is really an
0: important was, one for me too.
1: Yeah. I was like, it's just not, it's, I, I know why people, my grandparents like this, but I don't know why I should like it. But then yeah. I heard this. Yes. Like, oh, that's <laughs> the way you play a floor tom. It's almost the same vibe, right? Similar. All right. The drum thunder suite. in that for me and even the way he's ghosting the one and the three on the hi-hat i've never really paid attention to
0: Well, i think it's just because of the way the symbols if you look at pictures the bottom symbol he had tilted a lot (laughs) so i think to get a really clean two and four it's it was almost impossible so i I think that's what you're hearing is you know his his leg is 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 moving on the stand so two and four is accented but one and three you're still getting that because the symbols were a little
1: something right yeah I don't know, I have much more to say about that except for it just knocks me out. Well, I think I think with with, with almost all of art soloing for me,
0: there's something that's just it's it's very African. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's very totally. it, it, there's there's a there's a beautiful simplicity in what he does. I mean, it's it, it you know it's it's that spirit that it's that is. Yeah, 100 That's who he is. And that's that's probably the biggest thing that I got from Art Blakey. Same. Is that the spirit, your spirit, has to come through that instrument. Mm-hmm. And that's, it could, you know, I mean, Art, you know, his, from from, from a, a an orthodox standpoint, he had horrible technique, mm-hmm. you know. But he also got probably the biggest sound out of a snare drum. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stravinsky called him to play a snare drum roll. I didn't know that. You know, I mean, there's... <laughs> You know, there's—is <laughs> that on record somewhere? I don't think so. Holy! I don't smokes. know the details, but I, I believe that story is true. Um,
2: that's amazing.
0: But I mean, that—that—that's the whole point. Is that it's like he's one of the prime examples of like, well, he doesn't have good technique. Yeah, but yeah, you're, ne- you're you can't get half the sound out of that drum that that man
1: can. Yeah. And he could so play really fast. Oh I mean, my gosh! His technique was crazy, but he, I can't keep up with these records. Oh
0: no, he—he no, he definitely he—he <laughs> he developed his own way of doing it
2: <laughs> for sure. Know? And I think um, there's a real strong element of like just repetition with him, like how he just can play the same stuff over and over. With, like especially the the drum pieces, you mm-hmm. know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like it's really clear what, what it is, and it's like he just kind of keeps it to to the spirit of what it is with these kind of sometimes obvious changes that are like where it's like, oh, there's this section, here's this other section. But it's like he's really great at it connecting everything together where it doesn't sound like it's unrelated. It always has this kind of consistency through it and the it's funny, like like the message behind what he's playing, it's like totally. it's so clear and here's what it is, mm-hmm. you know?
0: I also think that's why so many people could connect with it. You know? Yeah. He wasn't you know, he was not playing over anybody, you know. And that was you know, that was part of his mantra. I mean mm-hmm. his You know, I learned a lot from him about band leading, too. Not, I mean, I'm not a great band leader, but I pay attention to that. You know, the way he talks to the audience, Cannonball Adderley is the same way, you know. And especially today, you have to invite people into the music, you know. You can't get up on stage and just, you know you know, you're, you're not gonna make any friends or allies doing that. And, and these guys understood that they understood like, this is, this is a communal thing. This mm-hmm. music is for everybody. And the audience is participating in the music, just like the musicians are. And that, that's one of the main things that I get from, from art is that, that spirit of, of community and of,
1: of inclusiveness, you know, what's it in that documentary where he's kind of giving Kenny Garrett a hard time? Oh, that's the best scene where they're at Don Sickler's (laughs) and Kenny
0: Garris playing with OTB and he had some other gig, you know, and he's saying, well, I need you to get your schedule together. And he was like, look, man, if you're with the messengers, you're with the messengers. You can't straddle the fence. And he was being very nice to him. But but the other thing he says in that clip is it's, it's so inspiring. He's talking about he says, you know, the bandstand is a sacred place and it's the only place in this world I have to go. Wow. That's heavy. It gives me chills. And, and he basically said, he said yeah oh and he said whatever malice you have you leave it out there because when we're on that bandstand that is a sacred place. I got to remember that when I'm playing wedding gigs. Well, I tell you what, there's a there, yeah, there's also a lot of young musicians who need to heed that today as well. Because, yeah, oh for sure. You know, but that was that was part of I think his whole yeah. his whole being, man. And it is, it's you know when he starts talking about that, man, that is. That's for real.
1: Yeah, I think he yeah. was he was giving like something about miles, like, oh, you're just waiting to go out with miles or something. Was that in that? Uh, Maybe not. I it can't I don't think so. Yeah, anyway, I thought it was great for him to just oh, school these young guys on, hey man, you're in my band list. But let's you know
0: notice he goes. did it in a very loving way. Mm-hmm. Because after that he said, you know, you can't straddle the fence. You don't you don't need that stress on you like that, Kenny. Right. You know, he didn't berate him, he just said, Man, you know, you're 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 putting stress on yourself by doing
1: this. You know? But I'm not gonna pay you tonight. Right. <laughs> Right. Oh, man. Where do we go from oh, yeah, here? Yeah, what's next? Uh, let's do – well, we just did – here we go. Something totally different. That dare. Oh, man. Yeah, this I, – I
0: I tried to pick because I was having such a hard time picking. I was telling you this on the phone. I was trying to pick stuff that had a, a real personal meaning for me in, in my journey because there's so much, you know, as you could say, you could drop the needle on almost anything, mm, you know, but yeah. – Most, uh, Pretty much everything I chose is stuff that had a real personal meaning for me, and this was sort of the first one. The first R. Blakey record I ever had was A Night of Birdland Volume 1, which I almost pulled something from, uh, which is an an amazing record, Uh, you know, February of 54. This is from, um, I think, March of 1960, and this was the second R. Blakey record I had, which was uh, the big beat on Blue Note, Lee Morgan. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Shorter, Bobby Timmons, Jimmy Merritt, and, and Art—another amazing lineup. But when I heard this tune, the way he the way he rolls into Lee's solo and he's playing his signature shuffle groove, that that was just sort of like, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I need to f- try to figure that out. And that's whatever that is, I like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I almost picked this. I, I thought.
1: <laughs> you, you this. this exact track.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is this 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 one and I mean I you know, Lee Morgan's solo everybody's solo is amazing on this, so
1: yeah. You know. All right, check it out. That dare. That deer? Dare that that dare. That dare. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: that doesn't do something to you there's something wrong (laughs) yeah
0: no (laughs) no, but that 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 the spirit that is the spirit of the music completely and you know i mean i think whatever you want to do musically in in jazz is totally cool but that's home base yeah Mm -hmm. you know that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you can go anywhere you want from that but that's home base yeah you know, and, and that that the the feeling and the way he rolls into one. Oh, it, man, that 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 feel, I mean, there's countless examples of him doing yeah. that. But for me, that was the first time I heard I had this before I had Moanin, uh-huh. you know, and that was the first time I really heard him play one of those sort of slow to mid tempo shuffles. And I was like, man, that whatever that I didn't even know it was called a shuffle. I was just like, well, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, whatever what that is, that? is. Yep.
1: it's a it's an odd shuffle. I mean, it's like right. The left plays on one and three. The right's playing the, the swing pattern. It's not a full shuffle, right? Not a full double shuffle.
0: Well, he's not playing that, did that, did dat did that. Right. He's basically just shuffling into two and four. Uh, chat, chat, chat. Yeah. Chat, you know.
1: I love that he doesn't, whenever he plays a shuffle, maybe not every time, but he almost never leaves it. Like it might play a role. But exactly. That's it. It's we're shuffling.
0: You know, it's funny when I when I started playing with uh, Gene Ludwig, the organist, I rem- I was in high school and I remember we played a shuffle one night and I was playing it, and then at some point I stopped and I was just playing time. And I remember on the break, he came over to me and he said, Hey man, he said, When you start playing that shuffle, don't stop. Hmm. That's a commitment then. And I and and and, and, and I was like, I, I said, Okay. And he was cool, but I mean he was like, Don't stop. And and I under, and, and after I listened more, I was like, "Yeah," because that's really that's sort of like trying to take the batter out of the cake. You know what I mean? It's like, you, yeah, you kind of got that. You know, what do you guys do with your bass drum in a shuffle? Feather. Yeah, I play just feather. I play
2: quarters a lot. You know? If I'm
0: playing with an organ player, you place you play slightly different on the bass room. You play sometimes a little – you feather a little more loudly, but mm-hmm. not, not too loud. Do you do any, like, pickups, like a one or anything like that? Yeah,
2: sometimes. Once in a, once in a while. Sometimes. I mean, I'm not as traditional as as Tom, you know, but, but yeah, I, I play it pretty straight, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like repetitive, you know. try to, Like you said, like the purpose of it, like just driving it,
0: you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it's about. It's like – it would be like trying to play – you know, a, a big funk groove and all of a sudden taking the backbeat out. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's just sort of like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah.
2: It can only really maybe work if you're, if you're getting super soft again. Yeah. But like yeah. once it's up there, it's like, you don't want to take that, that motion out of it, uh-huh. you know, and the, and the drive.
0: But like all grooves that, you know, the beauty of it is just sitting there and just providing that and letting the music happen around that. You know, that's, that's part of what, a, that's a main Part of what a groove is, yeah. you know.
1: I think I've played along to these shuffles for 25 years, and not once have I felt like i really cracked the code for me.
0: Yeah, me too. It's, yeah,
1: it, it's it's wild. Yeah, it's uh, there's a
0: there's there's a total art to it, and he was he was one of the one of the masters. There's a lot of different ways to play a shuffle, but he he sort of like, he basically co- codified that way of mm. doing it.
1: You know, Dave, which one do you want to go with next, Freedom Rider or Tomcat? I, I don't care do freedom rider oh wow, okay. man is is this the title track Yep. yeah i almost picked this i yeah, was really close
2: <laughs> yeah, i'm in the middle somewhere i just grabbed a section but it, it and again it's so repetitive
1: oh yeah like the little it's a great sections.
2: yeah amazing
1: yeah okay here we go freedom rider in 1964 did i get it right 61 i believe
2: goodness gracious where am i
1: getting this info wikipedia i think
2: Wikipedia. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly right <laughs>
2: Again, it's like it's not that different than the other things we picked already with the drums. It's just
0: it, Well, that's sort of a, a more mature yeah, version a, of developed, you know message from Kenya. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And such a like and the, the recording of the drum sound is so killing, man. Yeah, the you sound
0: know? he got at Rudy's in the sixties was
2: a bass drum sound? Mallets. He's playing mallets, I think, on that one. Does I that don't, sound like mallets to you? I don't mm-hmm. think so.
0: I don't think so. I think he's no? playing sticks.
1: Oh man, it sounds like mallets to me. I've been misled.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we should also mention, you know, this, this is a this is a very important part of his life. You know, the Freedom Rider yeah. refers to the freedom riders in the South. Mm-hmm. You know, black students and white students who were riding Greyhound buses trying to integrate the bus terminals that were met with serious violence. I mean, he was art was an activist in many ways, and that was this was his sort of nod to that, which mm-hmm. is important, you
1: know. I wanna listen to this one again. Sure, I love when his technique fails. Personally, I think it's some of the best part. Like he couldn't almost get those triplets out. Yep, I think yeah, it's just I, so, so that's amazing. that's that's that spirit. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's just about the
1: he's just
0: going
2: for the, it. The vibe, I and, love it. You know, it the message. One. conviction is so strong man you know like just that's
1: it man you can feel it
2: so in your face man i
1: mean if you're not into jazz blakey has to be the starting point right i think he is
0: for a lot of people because of that because of that very thing because people are just hit with that that incredible
1: feeling Mm. yeah i certainly was (laughs) orcs drum closet nashville's full line drum store Celebrating its 40th year in business, Forks is independently owned and operated in the heart of Music City. Specializing in drums and percussion, Forks offers great discounts on all major brands and will beat any retailer's advertised price. From new and used equipment, vintage drums, and marching and orchestral instruments, Forks has something for every drummer. They also offer professional rental, repair, and restoration services, as well as drum lessons. Stop by their storefront at 308 Chestnut Street in Nashville, Tennessee, or call 615-383-8343, or go online at ForksDrumCloset.com. All right. What's my, next? Uh, I'm going to pick Roll Call. Oh, yeah. i record. I'm not going to say the year. I thought it was 61, but probably it's 55. I don't know. <laughs> I think Roll Call is 60 or 61. I think. Okay. <laughs> Close. This, I picked the, the intro was one of my favorites, but I actually picked the first bit of his solo this is a great just for how he paces himself it's so mature he's basically just playing time with some color and then he goes into his his thing i just i think it's textbook and pacing so i'm not all time favorites i also think this record sounds so it sounds amazing yeah Either of you guys see him live?
0: I never saw it. No. He died in 1990. I wasn't even really yeah. playing
1: back then. I can't imagine what it felt like to just feel that air moving.
0: Well, I've I've talked to so many people who either played with him or saw him live, and yeah, I,
1: you know, it's it's something. Those buzz rolls, man. So my my teacher in high school, Mike Shepard, used to call him. He said most people play buzz rolls, or played crush rolls. <laughs> 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 yeah. Let's go one more from you. What do we got here?
3: Uh, Where do you want oh, to go? Tony
1: Bennett. This oh, you one. want to go there? Yeah, I never heard this one before. Yeah, I don't know this. Check this out, Throck. <laughs> just well, one of those days.
0: One of those things. What's one the of record? Those things. It's called "The Beat of My Heart."
2: It's, it's just a Tony Bennett album.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, let's listen to it first. What year? Fifty-seven.
2: Oh man. <laughs>
3: It was just one of those things Just one of those crazy flings One of those bells that now and then rings Just one of those things It was just one of those nights Just one of those fabulous flights A trip to the moon on Gossamer Wings Just one of those things If we thought of it At the end of it, when we started to paint that town We'd have been aware that our love affair was too hot not to cool down So goodbye, dear and amen Here's hoping we'll meet now and then It was great fun, but it was just one of those things Goodbye, 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 dear and
2: amen. Here's hoping we'll meet now and then. It was great fun, but it was just... Wild.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> it's a very interesting record. He, it's, there's a bunch of great drummers on it. Papa Joe is on it. Uh, Candido is on it. Um, Chico Hamilton is on it. I think uh, the folks, it's a very interesting band. It's Nat Adderley, Al Cohn on tenor, Milt Hinton on bass. I can't remember who plays Piano, it might be Hank Jones. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, it was sort of a, a record that sort of featured drummers. Mm. But what's amazing about this is he's doing his thing, but he brings the volume down, mm. you know. And it's a it's a great sort of example of two great musicians who are in very sort of different places who come together and they make it work. Make it work, yeah. You know, and it, it shows art's musicality. And his his sensitivity because you know he's he's playing his stuff but he's just you know he's just dialing yeah. it back you know
2: this might sound ridiculous but like yeah, art reminds me of not the the playing but th- how they go about what they do he and Gad remind me of each other really in in that wow. they kind of have their couple things that they oh, just yeah. do all the time mm-hmm. that's and it, true and it always works that's true I never <laughs> hear and that. you're like boom. Uh, you know, uh, he gets a lot of mileage out of that. You're shit, right. You know what I mean? You're right. No, you're totally <laughs> and right. And the same with Gab. It's like, you. Like well, I remember, I mean, not to switch it to Gab, but I remember going to see Gab to a clinic playing solo drums, like just drums and talking about playing. It's like, everybody's like, I bet you're so excited to go see it. I'm like, I'm just excited to be in the room with him. Exactly. I know what he's going to play. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I know everything he's going to play. But it's going to be great. I can sing it all to you. I can play it all for you. Right. <laughs> and true. I was happy to hear it, but I was just more, it was more about just. Feeling them be in the room, you know.
0: That's that's the thing with all the and, all great musicians is I, to is to feel what their sound is like filling up a room. Yeah, and,
2: yeah. So I mean, you know, they don't play alike, but they. I never thought they that. have a similar uh, agenda. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. No. That's a, that's a great connection. I never would have thought of that. That's I mean, true. And he found this stuff. This is 1957. So that that thing was in there. F- from the, almost the beginning for him, that ding, 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 yeah, ding, totally ding, ding,
2: the thing you call corny, like, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. He just he's he's riding that. He's just getting a lot out of that <laughs> all man. all
1: the way. But it's so great in yep. you're, you're right, I mean that. And some would say it's a mambo, but I hear it as an African supporting drum. That's that's basically yeah, what it is. yeah. It doesn't not it's not a Cuban thing. It's not really. It's much thing. more African,
0: and it's it's his hybrid interpretation, which makes it which is so cool. It yeah. makes it totally cool. Yeah, you know. I gotta check out that whole record. Is it's it good. A, is it available? It should be. It's not. It's it's really not that rare. But it's one
1: that a lot of folks aren't aren't that aware of. So sweet. We're down to two more. Wow. What was your third one? Tomcat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this record.
2: And I, I like I love the beginning, which we're not hearing too. Like title just, track. Yeah. 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 Like I love all the left foot stuff. Yes. And just how simple it is. It's a great so tune I, so too. So I went a little bit late later into it. But so you you know if you're hearing this, go back and listen to. the Go back and listen to all this stuff, <laughs> all the whole albums.
0: Yeah, definitely. Don't just listen to no, these clips get, over and get over. Get the but whole records and
1: check that's them That's the
2: out. idea behind all this, really, is like, check these guys out.
1: Yeah, get in know. there and check it out. So this is off the Lee Morgan record, Tomcat, mm-hmm. 1960. I think it's four or five. Okay, I had think. four. I don't know
2: the years on this, stuff.
1: Here we go, 1964. to say about that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: First of all, from the very beginning, I heard Brian Blade almost
2: instantly. I think interesting. Y- you can hear that, especially like the, the the thickness, like of the low pitch of the cymbals, yeah. the hi cymbals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're real thick and mushy, and yep. yeah. And you could like, yeah, I can hear that
1: for so sure. Much. The other thing that caught me just there was when he did that big build. He didn't go all the way. It's like yes. he knows when how high to go. So exactly. It doesn't, he's like, we got we got further to go. That's a, that's a great point. Great <laughs> yeah. pacing
0: unbelievable I think the other thing that, that's unique about this is the rhythm section. It's McCoy, McCoy yeah. Bob mm. Cranshaw and art. I don't believe those three ever made another record together. i I'm, I don't think that rhythm section is on enough. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. And he art and Bob sound so good together, you know mm. it's a, it's, and that's, that's a basis I don't think he played a whole lot with, especially on records, so it's interesting for that reason, and they sound so good, you know, yeah. wonderful. I'm a sucker for piano bass, units and lines. Yeah, too. it's it's such yeah. a hip little. Such a
2: thing. Yeah, and the whole beginning is just that with all <laughs> that left. The, it's just taking the solo away. You it's know, so bad. It yeah. just builds so so nice to that. Yeah, that's
0: such a good record. That's that's one that 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 that, that a lot of folks kind of sleep don't know it. about yeah, or yeah. sleep on. It's a it's a great one. I came to it kind of late too, but it's a great one, man.
1: I don't sure. know it. So that would have been Lee was out of the Messengers at the time. Oh. 64. He, he kind, Lee left and then he came back
0: okay. for a short spell. This was right around the time he would have come back, like right around the time Indestructible was made, which was, I think, 64, 65. It's right in the mid, mid-60s. I
1: always find it interesting how who gets to be the leader on a date. Like, why wasn't this the Blakey record? Like, did Lee get a record deal, I guess?
0: Well, I mean, it's Blue Note. He was with Blue Note for a long time. I mean, okay. that was basically the only – I mean, he made some other – some, re- uh, some other records like on VJ, and, and he made one on Riverside Jazzland. Uh, there's some others, but I mean, Bluno was his company. So, mm. you know.
1: So he just hires his band leader to play drums. <laughs> yeah. his yeah, his, Good
2: his, choice. His
1: boss, <laughs> former boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're at the end here, which is my third pick, which was Free for All. Oh, do we do oh. Kalo? I don't think we did oh, Kalo. Oh, no. There's two more. Two, two more, more, I think. Yeah. There we go. We, That's yeah. all right. Let's do yours, and then we'll do mine. All right. Let's do, let's do Free for All. I knew somebody's going to choose this which mm-hmm. is good <laughs> yeah. I, yeah i'm curious what you guys think of this to me it's just the absolute recklessness of this record <laughs> that i love so much <laughs> In this one, he's like, "Now nah, we're going from the beginning. There's no pacing. We're gonna just rip. That's <laughs> yeah, a pretty intense <laughs> record. It is. It is. And the cymbal chokes. Was anyone doing cymbal chokes? Not like that. Oh my gosh. It's like Carmine piece up there. <laughs> 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 yeah. And yeah, the buzz a, roll leading into an ensemble hit. Oh yeah. That it's, takes that takes some bravery. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's he's something else, man. This is this is one of those days in the studio, you know, where <laughs> That's what the energy was, so they went with it. (laughs) Bass drum sound is a lot deeper. Yeah,
2: bigger and lower sound. Well,
0: I also think that Rudy was doing something different because that's a totally new bass drum sound to Blue Note. Mm. Um, So I think there's some miking that was different there, um, which Rudy, you know, he experimented with stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think this was one of those dates. Um, I know that, you know, in the 70s and beyond, the Gretsch kit that was there, the front head was off. What?
1: Didn't know that. Most, almost all the time. Yeah. Wow. So, what record should we check out for that sound?
2: We were just talking about that, like '80s and '90s. Do you remember anything? that? We we're talking about that. Yeah. That uh, that Benny Green record. With, yeah. with Wash. Yeah. The place to be. And I was talking about the drum sound. Yeah. This is a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. Know? And he's I, like, yeah, he, he already will take the head off. And yep. he's like, Kenny was playing that kit. I was like, oh,
0: and I know uh, the CTI records. There was a different kit, but I think the bass drum was was similar.
2: Weird. I didn't that, that, that makes sense for that stuff.
0: Yeah, it Go. totally does, yeah. But there yeah, there there was definitely some miking that was different on this date, and you can hear it, you know, on the bass drum.
2: I didn't
1: know they all used the same kit. I think uh, there's a
2: lot of records where where I don't it think wouldn't be that, but there's a lot where it would be.
1: Yeah, like, I don't that. think I don't think Rudy I don't know this
0: I, I don't think Rudy got a house kit until the late sixties. Okay. And it was and it was the kit that was there through seventies, eighties and nineties. Um, wow. The CTI okay. kit, I think, was was different. I don't think it was the same. But I'm not. I'm not an authority yeah, I'm, on I'm that. I'm
2: not sure.
1: I gotta look for some pictures. Then that's crazy. I've yeah. never seen a photo of a kit.
2: Wells no might be good head. to talk. About. Paul Wells might be good to talk. He about would. He would probably. He's, know. He he's seen a lot of those photos, and yeah, he, he's talked to me a lot about. Yeah, well, he, he would using this know. kit on this. I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm interested. I just don't. He takes it for, further. You know,
1: that's an interesting point. So you guys playing around in Pittsburgh, that I've seen you both on house kits. Do you tweak them at all or do you just do Yeah. Down? Yeah. I do. You almost always have to, you know, tune them up. Oh, yeah. They're just know. getting beat up. Yeah. I
2: mean, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and people you're, have you're, different. If you're opening up a
1: can of worms. Yeah, somewhere. man, we don't want to. <laughs> Everybody has their thing. So when you follow Dave, you're like, God dang. No, no. We're, we're usually
2: thankful <laughs> no. if we're after one or the other.
1: No, it's, oh, and it's and we the total did, opposite. We, we,
2: we set up a little different, but it's close enough that it's easy to, it's very to easy, get it yeah. where you want it, yeah. you know. But some other cats, it's not always so easy. <laughs>
0: No, we'll actually text each other like, "Oh, you were here last night. Thank you." you know? yeah, that's, that's super true. You yeah. mean like the tuning or everything? Tuning. Everything, like, everything, but tuning for sure.
2: T- yeah, tuning mostly, and a lot of times it's like putting the putting the stuff back how it was when you found it. Uh-huh. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. oh, the clutch is on the stand. The filter back on the stand. The yeah, wing nuts yeah. are back on the stand.
0: The bass drum pedal is attached.
2: <laughs> if I want to raise a piece of the cymbal, I don't have to like strain to loosen right. things up. People just over tighten and.
0: Everybody, you know, is physically a little different, so the the adjusting of height is no big deal for me, but it's all that stuff that's like,
1: you know, come on. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. I guess, what, you would someone put their own pedal on and just not put the house one back Sometimes. on? Sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We should do one of those, one of those episodes. Oh, boy. How to be a good house kid drummer. <laughs> oh, boy.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that would be a good thing to talk about. It actually Fine. would be a good, good thing I to talk about. I have a lot of experience with that in different settings from, you know, Rock stuffed all the way to B Bio. Oh, that's you know? true,
0: man. Yeah, yeah you have different stuff. style. Yeah.
2: You know, the the trick is not even to get into it. Let's go. To for me, it. the trick is knowing with what the kit is, right? What like what is it and what heads are on it, and knowing what the potential is. How hmm. good can you get it to sound? That's <laughs> like know the know the, <laughs> the potential. And if you know that, you don't have to work as hard.
1: Uh, you know? So what do you do when the heads are all
0: pitted up? It depends. Sometimes, sometimes there's not much you can. A
2: lot do. of times, I just won't play things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, you're like, okay, I can get this done with the bass drum and snare drum. Yep, you yep. know. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, <laughs> but but the key for me is knowing how how good can you make it, you yeah. know, and how much. Putting the extra ten minutes or twenty minutes—is is it worth it? Uh-huh.
1: that's true. Or just tape that's not out of it to get to that point.
2: Depends.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm usually taking tape off, but oh yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, gru stuff—it's more likely to be yeah, yeah. Stuff. For that, yeah, yeah, for that stuff, it's different. Yeah.
1: Wow. All right. Let's go to the last one then. So this is the last one, Kilo. Oh yeah, yeah. This is this is a great
0: recording. So this this comes from I believe this is April of 1953, and this was the second record that Miles made for Blue Note. This on CD is just Miles Davis volume two. And uh, it's a great band. And um, what I love about this is what we were talking about with Thermo. Listen to the way he plays the melody, the way he's orchestrating it, the longs and the shorts. He's using the hi-hat, he's using everything to sort of accentuate all of that. And that's something that I think for drummers, a lot of drummers when they play tunes, they just think, oh, I have to make that hit. Yeah, you got to make the hit, but how are you going to make it?
2: Yeah, he's a master of that. If the band goes
0: bop, you don't want to go crash. Yeah, mm-hmm. and vice versa. You want to, yeah, you know what I mean? It's point. it's and, and I th- I think a lot of le- less experienced drummers don't really think a mm-hmm. lot about that. But this is there's a lot of great examples. But this is this is one of my one of my put a pin in
1: that. That's something for you to teach. Okay, <laughs> I'll try. Right, here we go. All right.
2: So strong. Right? It always. It's just like like mm-hmm. a you know what I mean? But the it's way like, the way he's whoa. using it too. Oh yeah. You
0: know? Ba- Bass ba- drum and high ba- hat together. Ba- yeah. To I mean that. it's just in, in 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 the little commentary. Do goo, doo goo, doo go go I mean, those it's like this other little counter melody, you know? Yeah. So it's 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 one of many great examples of of how to really make the tune speak. You know, he's really he's really hearing everybody who I've ever talked to about art says. He could hear around the corner. You know, he had some of the best ears. Mm. <laughs> and you know, that's you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there
2: you go. It's amazing. Yeah, it's I mean, something
1: yeah, else. It's so perfectly orchestrated. I would think you'd have to rehearse that to death, but you know they didn't. He pro-
0: he they probably ran it. He probably listened to it once or twice and that's what he did. Yeah. You know, it's he had that incredible that incredible musical gift, you know, of, of being able to, to yeah Right. To be that musical on the spot, you know. There's so many great, you know, Art Blakey stories and, and you know, you know, people who have witnessed things. Yeah. All kind of different stuff, yeah. you know, of just, you know, I remember Cedar Walton telling, or I remember reading an interview with Cedar and he was talking about when he was in the band, he said they would drive, this, you know, they were driving to gigs and he said Art could drive for hours. <laughs> and just, just. You know, always awake. And he said, Art always used his turn signal. Always. <laughs> <Yeah. You know? laughs> just little stuff like that that gives you insight into people. Yeah, you know? for sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, I can't picture driving down a highway and seeing the messengers roll by.
0: <laughs> well, there's another great story. They, they were apparently on the road, and they were coming through some little town, and there was a funeral. And the whole town was at this funeral, and there was a traffic jam, and they couldn't get through. So they just stopped, and they just watched the funeral. <laughs> And, of course, the preacher at one point says – this is in, I think, the Jazz Anecdotes book, Bill Crow's book. And the preacher says, does anyone have <laughs> anything to say about the, you know, the dearly departed? And, no, and Art raises his hand and said, well, if no one has anything to say about the dearly departed, I'd like to say something about jazz.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know if that's totally true, but it certainly goes with his certainly persona. It could be. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it totally could be true. You
1: know? <laughs> well, let's wrap it up with just picking a record now. Like of all the things we've chosen from, would you had to pick one record to listen to for yourself personally for the rest of time?
2: Does it have to be one?
1: One. Pick oh, one. my gosh. You can change it out in another life.
2: <laughs> That's hard, man. Big beats up there for me. Totally. Caravan's Indestructibles great. up there.
0: You know what? If I had to pick one. Free for all. Yeah, free for all. I mean, yeah, there's so many. Uh, I don't know. It's, there's too many. Mm. Yeah, there's there's really too many. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I could pick one. I think I would pick Soul Station. That's Just a great. Because one. It's
1: a good listen.
2: I, I yeah, almost I need ch- to re- chose something. I from need that. I need to re-listen to that.
0: It's a great record, man. It's classic. Everybody sounds so great on that. Yeah, that 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 would not be a bad pick at all.
1: Well, I, I mean, I think we can all agree it doesn't matter. Just go. <laughs> Just search art Blakey. And yeah, yeah. This name. It really does.
0: It doesn't matter. matter where you start with art. You can start wherever you want, and then you can go up back. Yeah, know. even but, the '80s with the Marsalis brothers. That was a oh classic. album yeah, of the year. That's, that's a great record. A
2: think about yeah, who came through that that band? Oh I mean, man, come on. Who didn't? That's what I mean. Just <laughs> like well, you know,
0: art art art's group was for. The horn players, bass players and pianists too, Betty Carter's band was for the drummers. Mm. You know, those were like the great finishing schools of the music. Yeah. And then Miles would take you at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's such a pleasure to listen to all this stuff because it it reaffirms just how important he is, man. And and how much a part of what he did is a part of, you know, what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean that spirit is I reach for that every time I play. You know, it's
2: really yeah, I'm hard. Gonna, I'm going to stop picking stuff and just listen to the stuff you guys pick because it gives me more fuel to like go, go check these records out more and more.
1: Definitely, man. Well, what was that quote? Um, this bandstand
0: is my sacred. What was this, the sacred? He just said, you know, the bandstand is a sacred place. It's the only place I have to go in this in this world, that's Unbelievable. which that that's a very heavy statement coming from someone like him. You know I, I will mean, Art, remember that yeah man he he it was either music or work in the steel mill mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah that's that's some heavy stuff <laughs> it sure so is. when he says it's the only place I have to go in this world that's 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 real man Epic. yeah all
1: right well, thank you guys thank you fun. man yeah, thanks man. That's it for this week's episode. I hope some of these uh, choices that Dave and Tom and I picked inspire you to start listening through Art Blakey's catalog. If any of these are unfamiliar with you or if you've never checked out anything that Art has done, don't be overwhelmed by how vast his discography is. I think you can literally just pick anything that he is a leader. And it's going to sound great. Or also anything that he plays drums on as a sideman is going to sound great. The music is just consistently soulful and awesome and swinging. So have fun listening to Art Blakey. And we will be back next month for another 10 Reasons to Love. And then next week we'll be back with another interview. So have a good one. See you then.